InvestTalk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. And thanks for joining me today on Invest Talk. It is October 24th. And just to calibrate your calendar, Thanksgiving is about four weeks away from tomorrow. Four weeks from tomorrow. Start planning your food, football, family gathering events. It's my favorite holiday, as I mentioned yesterday. I'm Steve Peasley, and I welcome you to Invest Talk, the weekday financial program that will. Hope that we have one clear objective here on this program, and that's helping you grow your money, your investments. That's our focus, and it's focused every day on the program. Uh, so, here's a pop quiz for you. What should you be planning on the evening of October 30th? The answer, watching and listening to our and to participate in our free wealth webinar. That's on the 30th. It's a one-hour online educational event, everybody. It's free. Don't have to pay anything, and I think it'll be very instructive for you. So I encourage you to register now at investout.com. Once registration, once once registered, we'll send you a special access link to join this the, the, the webinar. Well, the market certainly is uh, exciting. I don't know if it's good exciting, but it's exciting. Rolling up and down, mostly down recently. Boeing, Caterpillar, Visa, Nike. All Dow stocks kicked off the day by opening up. They opened up. Well, September new home sales were down and was significantly down. It was a disappointment. Uh, Apple CEO Tim Cook is pushing for new privacy laws. Apple has a different business model compared with, for example, Google. Apple charges dearly for their technology, while Google gives it to you for free with a catch that you... Uh, may that you want your data so they can package it and sell it. They want your data. Apple doesn't do that. That's not their model. Now, have you heard this? Amazon is pitching its uh, facial recognition technology to the federal government, namely ICE. This push is coming from the Amazon AWS group, and some Amazon employees have voiced opposition to this idea. Well, we're going to see what happens about that. Amazon, AWS stands for Amazon Web Services, by the way. It's a subsidiary of Amazon.com. Well, there certainly is plenty of market news today. You saw what happened. The Dow was down, what, 608 points, and the NASDAQ down 329, and the SB down 85. Big down day today. And I know I'm going to get the question is, and that's going to be, is this uh, is this correction over? My answer is probably not. And you know why? Because there's not enough fear. There's not enough fear in the market. Look at the VIX, the fear gauge. It hasn't spiked up enough. Today's volume of selling wasn't very high. We It was a much higher volume. Remember those two days a couple weeks ago? That was much higher volume, volume than today. And today was a bigger down day. So, uh, I, I don't see the fear yet. The, and all, remember, the market runs on fear and greed. 
Fear, when it ma get the, you get maximum fear, that's a great time to buy. Are we at maximum fear? Now, no one really knows for sure, but the anecdotal information I'm looking at in stats tell me we're not there yet. Okay? So, now give me a call. We're taking your question. Our number is 888-99-CHART. If you're worried about being able to save enough of, for, of your earnings to meet your retirement goals, building wealth through passive income is a strategy that might appeal to you. So, should you try this? And just how can you start? I'm going to give you my insight in a few minutes. Before I get to that, though, let's let's take time for, uh, for a caller. You know the number. It's always the same, 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is John again. I called yesterday about short selling a stock. Could you expound a little bit more on the interest that we're paying back the original owner? Is that based off of current share price, the original investment? What, what do they base that uh, interest off of that we'd be paying back? Thanks for the help. It's on the price of the the price and the value of what you sold short at the time you sold short. So if you sold 100 shares of XYZ company and that's $3,000, the interest you pay is on the $3,000 and it's on an annual an annualized base basis and I think uh, I know that one of the custodians is charging about 8%. So I'm assuming all of them will charge start charge that amount. And just to remind everybody yesterday he asked about selling short what actually happens and you borrow the stock from somebody and you sell it and your broker dealer processes that for you and you know I, I just mentioned that you know you're borrowing a stock so it's like borrowing money so you have to pay interest on that money you're borrowing that's how the broker dealer makes money one of the ways to make money and so you have to pay interest on that money you know, as long as you are short, you got to pay interest. Until you buy to cover to get out of that short, you got to pay interest on the money you borrowed. The stock you borrowed and the cash equivalent of that stock you borrowed. Okay? Now, we found a very interesting story at bankrate.com. You know, I've mentioned Bankrate. If you want to look for, you know, some good CD rates and stuff, you go there and take a look and they'll give you the highest. And the story was five ways to create a passive income stream passive not active passive so if you're worried about being being able to save enough for your savings to meet your retirement goals you can build wealth this way it's, it will take a lot longer but there's nothing wrong with building passive income and building a strategy around it passive income includes regular earnings from a source other than employer or contractor the IRS says passive income can come from two sources rental property or business in which one does not actively participate just as being paid book royalties or stock dividends. So how can you build a passive income stream and what do I think about this strategy? Now I'm going to quickly list some of the methods and time permitting will explain a few. Selling information products, rental income, affiliate, affiliate marketing, peer-to-peer -peer lending, dividend yield stocks, bonds, uh, Preferred stocks, all passive income, all passive. Okay, so let's uh, take a look at a dividend yield stocks. Shareholders, you know, if you own the stock, you're going to get a dividend. If so that's the passive part. The active part is the value of those stock going up and down. But the passive part is just collecting the dividend income over time. And of course, you got to pick the right stocks. You know, there are stocks that increase their dividends every year. 
for years and years and years. Their, their stocks have increased their dividends in a, over the last 100 years every year. So you can get good passive income. Everybody knows about rental income. But, you know, rental income is a little tricky, too. You want to know what your return on invested dollar is. And you got to figure that math out. So there's things you have to concern yourself when you're getting passive income from, from uh, rental properties. So the, the question then becomes, well, how much risk should you take to g gather this passive income? You know, is the stock market for you or maybe property is better for you? What, what, you know, it depends. It always depends on you as an individual. And there's a lot, you know, buying a rental property, there's issues, you know, because you've got to qualify a loan unless you've already borrowed enough, you already have enough money. There's issues, you know, that you got to consider, the costs. Anyways, looking at the studio clock, I see it's time to take a break. So I'll wrap it up the story with this comment. There are several other passive stream inv investment strategies. If you're serious about trying any one of them and you are determined to be successful, I encourage you to reach out to me or Justin at KPP Financial. We'll talk about it. You can send us a message to investtalk.com, an email, or call us at our data point offices in California. Okay, I have a quick note for you here. Justin and I are very pleased to announce the launch of our new offering, Best Talk Academy. Our first class begins on November 1st. Best Talk Academy will give you online instructions with hands-on mentoring. And later in the program today, I'll be explaining its real value in greater detail. So text your friends. They'll want to hear about this. But now I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. Thanks for listening to Invest Talk. October is moving fast and Thanksgiving is only about a month away. It might be worth your time to head over to investtalk.com and read about the many strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial. You should consider Equity Income Plus, a key strategy you may be missing. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. Today's main talking point. Responding to market volatility by selling stocks is hardly ever a good idea. And that's a great time. You know, this is a topic we picked yesterday for today. We had no idea the market would be down this sharply today. So what should you do? What should you do? when you suffer a large drop in stock prices. What should you do? That's going to be the main talking point. New home sales plunge to a three to near a three-year low. New home sales. I want to talk about that. And not all sectors are getting killed. You know, there's various sectors in the market going, the best ones, uh, and going from the best ones to the worst ones. And I want to go over uh, them to tell you which ones are the worst, which ones are the best. And gold prices set a score set to score a three-month high as global stocks treasury yields sinks. Now gold was down a little bit today, but it has been rebounding here in the last three months. Not tremendously, not 
but consistently. So we're going to talk about that. Um, yeah, I didn't get to, to, to complete my thought in the story about American manufacturing ter- returning to the U.S., so I still, there's a little part I want to go over before I call that the end of that story, but, you know, we'll get to that hopefully. The market was down today. The Nasdaq, uh, the, the Dow was down 608 points. It was holding up okay. It was down from the very beginning of the morning, but it wasn't down very much for hours. And then it just started sliding, and that slide accelerated into the close. The Nasdaq was down 329 points. By the way, the Dow, that's 2.4% down today. The Nasdaq was down 4.4%. You've heard me state repeatedly on this show that the Nasdaq usually leads the market up and down. And the Nasdaq is leading it down. The S&P was down 3% at 85 points. So uh, how much of a correction does that equate to? Okay, have you figured that out yet? I mean, we were uh, uh, on SPY, which is the ETF for the S&P 500. It was at 292, and now it's at 265. Okay, well, how much is that? Is that what? Almost 30 points? That's a little more more than about 10% from the high. How about for the year? The year, for the year, it's just about flat. For the year so i find that by the way it's not flat for the nyse not the entire stock market it was down before the day i looked it up uh, early this morning before the opening the, the nyse is down four percent before today's fall so you're going to add another what two three percent so maybe seven percent or seven and a half percent could be that much i can check the numbers later but i think that's where we are and it's not 10%, which is a normal correction. It feels like it should be, huh? But it's not, not yet. But it is a correction. It's just normally we get 10% corrections. It's interesting. I also was reading uh, my annual letter that I sent out to everybody in January, and I said that we probably have two, maybe two 10% corrections this year. So if this goes down 10%, that will be the two corrections at 10%. So I'm just patting myself on the back a little bit. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And if you live anywhere in the Bay Area of Northern California, I have a special day for you. I'll be there on November 7th. I'll be meeting with people in San Jose, no cost, personalized portfolio reviews. So I'd like you to sign up, get, get, get on the list. We have a few more slots open. 888-99-CHARTER is our number, so give me a call. Best Talk listeners call each week asking Steve or Justin to name the software tools they use for data research and filtering. Ready? Ycharts. And if you go to ycharts.com, you can get a free trial. Even better, mention Invest Talk when you purchase and you'll get a significant discount. But now, have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. I'm calling to get your opinion on whether it would be a good time to get into a bond fund. I am looking at the Vanguard short-term 
corporate bond fund, VCSH. Not to get your thoughts on this for a short-term hold, and I will be listening to your great show. Thank you. Okay, VCSH, Vanguard Short-Term Corporate Bonds, ETF. It's an ETF seeking performance uh, of a market-weighted corporate bond index with a short-term average maturity. So uh, short-term, you have to figure what that is. You've got to go and look it up. But short-term is usually one to three years, or it could be less than one year. Ultra-short is just a few weeks to a couple months. So it's probably one to three years. Uh, they're paying 2.5% yield. And they have, uh, the price actually has gone up the last couple of days, spiked up a little bit today, up uh, 12 cents. Or they don't, it, do, it will never move very much. I mean, you're talking about a fund that moved from a low this year around $77 to a high of $78. Okay, so that's how slow this thing moves. Okay, so the it, do, it since it's short term, movement of interest rates, doesn't affect it that much. It does affect it, but not that much. The reason why it spiked is because the market's doing so uh, poorly in the, today that the, the assumption, well, maybe this will slow down the economy. Maybe, because remember, bond uh, investors and then stock investors, they are very good predictors, predictors of the overall market. And then of the economy. Bonds especially. Bonds predict can predict the overall market movement. Uh, not consistently, not always, but fairly consistently. So if you look at the bond, and uh, we demonstrated this a few weeks ago on the show here. So if you look at it, um, you know, I'm saying that this is a good place, to, this Vanguard short-term corporate, it's a good place to park money. Uh, especially in a term, uh, you know, a turmoil that we're seeing in the market right now. But I don't know if this turmoil is going to, how long this is going to last, really. Did you see the dollar today? The U.S. dollar went up. It go down. So it's kind of interesting what's happening. Because I find it always interesting. So, yeah, maybe other people don't. Today's main talking point, responding to market volatility by selling stocks is hardly ever a good idea. So what should you do when stocks suffer a large drop like we saw today? What, what is, and the answer is very, very simple. You should do nothing. You really should do nothing because you should have planned for this. You should know what your personal, uh, personal um, uh, I would say, fortitude is when it comes to the movements of stocks down. Not up. Everybody's always happy about being up. So you don't have to have fortitude. You have to have fortitude when it moves down. So what is your personal tolerance? So how much you're willing to let it go down and not worry about it? And if you tell me that I don't have very much and you at the same time you're fully invested, then my question would be, what are you thinking? You can't, you can't have a low tolerance for the risk for the market going down and be fully invested. And the answer will be come back to me saying, well, because the markets are going up, it's going up, I want to stay in when it's going up. Well, you're not understanding then. You're not understanding your own risk tolerance. How tolerant on you are you? you? In other words, what I'm saying is, if the market goes down another 1,000 points tomorrow, is that okay with you? Would you leave your portfolio alone? How about, how about 5,000 points tomorrow on the Dow? 
Would that be okay? Would you still stay? You should stay, yes, because you have already determined what your risk tolerance is and you're already in the market as much as you're comfortable with it. And over long terms, you know the market will bounce. So long as you can handle the volatility, you adjust your risk to the market accordingly and you have to understand what that is to you. For instance, I don't this this down this is how this is how you should be thinking about it. Is if do you think of, of this big fall we're having now, do you think is a, as an opportunity to can't wait to buy something? Or do you think that I need to get out to prevent from losing more money? What are you? Are you optimistic about the market still? See, and that's one way you can tell how much risk you should take. But of course, we have that risk questionnaire that we have, and you get a score and all that. That that it, that kinds of tries to bring it down to more realistic, real life kind of situation. That's what that risk score test is all about. So you should take that test on our website. I mean, it's not a test; it's an answer of like five questions, uh, you know, and it gives a score. Then we we I I send you some information, and then we just to try to determine what risk you actually are taking. Versus how much you should want to, how much you want to take. Tomorrow on Invest Talk, the world's biggest equipment maker may be a victim of deepening U.S. China trade tensions. Caterpillar shares are down about 25% since January. Is this a bright red danger sign? The story is tomorrow, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions now. 888-99 chart. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Invest Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go to research tool? Y Charts. It's a cloud based financial research platform. It is indispensable. Y Charts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use Y Charts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bluebird Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get YCharts. This is Invest Talk. 
Have you thought about asking Steve or Justin for a no-cost and no-obligation portfolio review? You should. They can set up a telephone conversation or even a Skype consultation. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions, and you can get unbiased answers if you call now. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Tom in Kentucky. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing good, Steve. Thank you. I really enjoy the show. Appreciate what you do for people. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. Owen, O-L-N, and Uh it seems like every day it reaches a new low, and I was just wondering, how do you get to the point you know it's the right time to buy? Because every day it just seems like it drops a little more. Yeah, that's a tough question, but answerable. I can give you an answer, Tom. Okay, it's been in a downtrend since it hit 30, and that was in September. And every day it trickled down. Last couple, three days it fell pretty hard. So it's still on the way down, still on the way down. So you, you're, it's too early, too early to buy it. So how do you know, well, when should you buy it if it, if it has the numbers? And so uh, let's look at the numbers, the fundamental numbers. Olin Corporation manufactures chloride, alkali, and small caliber ammunition products. They made uh, 66 cents in 2017. They're going to make $2 a share this year. That's yes, that's a 200% increase. And then next year, up another 31% to $2.61. So it's a a $19.92 stock, going to make $2. So you know that's a, a 10 PE. Well, that's lower than it's ever been in the last five years. So, Tom, you know that based on next year's earnings, this year and next year's earnings, that this stock is cheap. So you know it's going to stop going down somewhere. Meanwhile, it's paying a 4% dividend, by the way. But you have to wait. What are you waiting for? Do you have access to look at a chart, chart Tom? Uh, and I'll tell you, yes, you, can, you can get that. Okay. What you want to see happening is you want to see it bounce. And you'd like to see a week, maybe two weeks, where it starts to recover and that is never always going to be the right time to buy, but it's more than 50% true that it's the right time to buy. You could buy it on that bounce, and of course, as soon as you buy it, it can roll over and go back down. That seems to happen a lot to a lot of people. But you want to see a bounce, and on the bounce, I would suggest, Tom, you buy half your position, and then if it goes down and retest the low again, buy the other half. But you gotta wait till it stops going down. I expect it to probably bounce tomorrow a little bit, but don't do it on a one-day bounce. You want it to bounce several days in a row, or at least a week where it's moving up. Okay, that's a much better buying opportunity. O L N. Tom, thanks for calling. I appreciate that. Eric San Mateo, how you doing, Eric? Great, hey Steve. Thanks for your show. Thank you. Can you hear me? Uh- uh, so yeah, I have a I hear question. Uh, over the past year, I've been kind of shaving off because uh, the market's been really hot, um, you know, to take a little off the table. And now with all these pullbacks, what indications am I looking for uh, to put that money back in the market that it's corrected and okay. going back upward? That's a very good question. And there's no perfect answer, Eric, so I'd like to start off with that. There's no perfect answer. But here's what I'll be looking at, just so you know. 
I'm going to look. I want to see. I would love to see a spike in fear by investors. That would give me the first hint that, that we're almost done. Well, how do I see that spike in fear? First, you can look at the VIX, Eric. The, the, if you want to look at the VIX, go to dollar sign VIX on your charts and you'll see it. I'd like to see it spark to 40 or so. Right now it's at 25. It's not even close. I also will look for a spike in down volume. So if the market goes, like today, today the market was down 600 points, but the volume didn't spike up. So there wasn't a rush to get out. A panic sell. I would love to see someone panicking. I'd like to see a lot of everybody panicking. If everybody panics and market goes down a thousand points and everybody's panicking at the same time with lots and lots of volume, that probably will mark the bottom, Eric. But that doesn't mean you buy it right away. You just wait a few days after that and see how the market, if the market calms down, starts to move up. You always want to buy on a little bit of positive moving up so you that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for other things too but that's basically what i'm looking for okay eric look for that okay appreciate the call thank you eric let's go to matthew in palo alto how you doing matthew good how are you justin steve i'm good thanks for the call Hey, I was calling about People's United Financial, P-B-C-T. I was looking at picking up a position around. It looks like there's a good uh, support at $14, but I didn't know if it would still be a good pickup since it's falling so hard at 14 or what your thoughts were. Okay, this is People United Financial. Hey, holding company for People's United Bank operations through 403 offices throughout Connecticut, Maine, you know, Northeast. Uh, it's a $5.2 billion company. Decent numbers. Uh, low PE. Looks like a good, solid bank paying 4.6% dividend. Uh, I, I, from, from a financial point of view, looking at the numbers, it looks pretty good. You do know that the financial stocks are the second worst sector. The whole financial sector is down 14.3%. So that's what you're looking at. That's why it's collapsed from $18, $19 down to $15. That's what you're looking at. So I think your mind is right and looking for a bottom, but it has no support that I can see for quite some time. So you're going to have to wait until this thing stops falling. I think you're getting pretty close to that bottom. But you got to wait till it fall, stops falling like Tom on OLN. Wait for a week or so of coming back and then get into it. Okay? And Do you think they're that 4% still safe also? Yes, their earnings are going up. It's a dollar twenty-nine a share this year after being a dollar four last year, and next year it's a dollar forty-four. So four percent is you know easily easily attainable because that's only sixty cents, you know, on on a, on a fifteen-dollar stock. So yeah, I think the four percent is easily uh, maintainable. So yeah, I think that's not going anywhere. Thanks for the call. Okay, Appreciate it, Matthew. You. Thank you. So I'm Steve Peasley, everybody, and I have a new way for you to sharpen your investing skills. It's called the Invest Talk Academy. We've talked about it many times, and we'll talk about it some more coming up. It starts November 1st, everybody. 
November 1st is our first class. Now, I realize that a good many of you are regular InvestTalk listeners and that you may also want hands-on guidance other than just the fast answering the questions over the, over the radio sh- show as we talk. Maybe that's, that's a pretty, I give you quick and dirty numbers and quick and dirty ways to look at things, but it's not really teaching you how to do it yourself. And that's what this class is all about. Okay, and that's it's called Invest Talk Academy. Go to investtalkacademy.com to sign up, by the way. Investtalkacademy.com. Remember, uh, if you want the lowest rate, you got to sign up before 30, October 31st. That's the early, early bird special, $49 a month. And we're going to have this class every week, one hour every week. So, and if you can't make the class while we're doing it, we will have it immediately online for all the Investcock Academy participants. So you can watch it, listen to it, see it anytime you want. Okay, the phone lines are really still open. Our number is 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance. That can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and across all platforms, broadcast radio, live streaming, podcast replays, plus the KPP premium newsletter, the upcoming wealth webinar, and the exciting new Invest Talk Academy. Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California KPP financial office or sending a message through investtalk.com. The InvestTalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888-99-CHART. Okay, the sectors that are doing the best, the ones that are doing better than S&P 500, the number one is utilities. Utilities is actually only down seven-tenths of one percent. They were up today. I know so because we have a number of them in our managed account. Commer- uh, consumer staples is down 1.2%. Communications down 4.6%. And then uh, health care down 5.7%. This is from the top. It's in the top of the market. S&P is down 6.5%. The worst, the worst is materials down 18.8%. Second worst, and I mentioned that uh, before, financials, 14.3%, okay, uh, energy, 11.9%. So those are the things that are working and not working the best right now. In the late uh, bull market cycle, uh, utilities work pretty good. Gold usually works pretty good. Yesterday, I was talking about, you know, uh, manufacturing coming back to the United States, and so I talked. We talked about it in, in a little bit um, as to why it won't come back fast, and it is coming back, and it has been coming back even before Trump was elected. So, but it's just accelerated in the last couple of years. Okay, the reason why it won't come back fast is because the cheap things that being manufactured, they're going to move to Thailand and Vietnam and those things away from China because China's getting more expensive. And I mentioned there's only like a five percent price difference now that China has over us here in manufacturing in the cost uh, column. But this is one of the reasons why it's going to be so difficult. If you talk about Apple products, just Apple products, there is 198 global companies 
and 759 subsidiaries of those companies located in 16 different countries. So 198 global companies, 70, 759 subsidiaries, and 16 different countries would supply all the parts to Apple products. And then I'm talking about China assembles them, but they're not all made in China. All the products are not made in China. Matter of fact, very few. If you talk about uh, uh, if you talk about what is made where, 33% of Apple products are made in Japan, 29% in America, 19% in Taiwan, 6.5% in Europe, 4% in China. 4% of all the products for Apple are made in China. But they, China, again, assembles it. And if you just go by the value of the products, 40% of the value is made in America. 40% of the value of those products, in other words, the intellectual expensive part of all those products, 40% of it from America, 27% Japanese, 11% Taiwan, 9.2% in Korea, and only 2.2% China. So what I'm pointing out is here, we want manufacturing back here, and it will probably come, but the, it, it, the, the supply chain is so complex and diverse, and it, they want it to be, by the way, that it's going to be difficult to bring back the assembly here. And that's what people are talking about when they say, well, what do they want manufacturing here? Well, you know, none of them, not, a lot of parts aren't made here, and they're not made in China either. Let's go to Nick and Hayward. How you doing, Nick? Yeah, fine, uh, Steve. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Uh, Thank you. Which one do you like better? You like face, uh, Facebook or Google? Uh, that's my question. I'm thinking about maybe buying a little bit of both. Which one would you say I would put more money into it? Google. Google would be my first Google. choice. Uh, yeah. Uh, because okay. I like Google's business model better than Facebook, and that's the only reason. I like the model, uh -huh. the business model. Google makes money by searching. Facebook makes money by selling advertising, advertisement to participants who may not want to see their advertisement. But Google doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. Their main moneymaker is search, and everybody is searching. So everybody wants to search. Right. So yeah, so I, I just like that model better. Just on the surface of it, I like Google's model better. So that, that's an easy question. I understand, yeah. Okay. Uh, Appreciate what about your call. Facebook? You don't Thank like you. it at all? No, I don't say I don't like it. No, no. you say which one I like better. <laughs> and it's Google. Uh, no, Facebook is fine. Uh, their, their earnings are still growing. Sales are still growing. And their PE has finally gotten to a pretty reasonable amount. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not opposed to Google. I'm not. I mean, Facebook. I'm not. You know, looking at Google, they're a bit more expensive, but they're growing a bit faster too. Thanks for calling. I appreciate the call, Nick. Thank you. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Now here's a quick reminder: tell your friends about our upcoming free online webinar, October thirtieth. That's next Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Okay, I think it starts at 6.30, if I remember right, 6.30. Also, I'll be returning to San Jose on November 7th for no-cost portfolio reviews. Love to see you there. There's only a certain number of slots open, and we have a couple left. 
so you can register for both events on investtalk.com. But for now, we still got about 10 minutes left in the program today. So let's talk about your finances, your investment questions. 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, the world's biggest equipment maker may be a victim of deepening U.S.-China trade tensions. Caterpillar shares have been down about 25% since late January. That story tomorrow. But now, Steve's here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Okay, let's go talk to Mike in San Jose. I want to talk about an Apple computer. How you doing, Mike? Good, thank you, Sam. I was wondering, what do you think about it? I picked up some Apple calls for November 9, 225. Do you like that trade? Okay. So you picked up some calls at $225 a share. It's right now at 215 Yeah, I think that might work. It's always difficult because the market's in the middle of being volatile right now, Mike. So it's a little bit harder to know if that will work. I think Apple, you know, it has only gone down. I mean, it, what was the high? 233 or so, and here's at 215. That's not really much of a fall. Really, that's not much of a correction for Apple. So no, I think that I think that will work, Mike. I I, I think that because it, you know, it's. I think that will work. Good luck with it. I hope it works for you, Mike. Well, Mike is talking well, about uh, options. Thanks, Mike. Mike is talking about options. Everybody, call options. So you're talking about being the stock being called away. He bought. He he. Uh, he. I don't know if he sold or bought. I should have asked him. But he. Uh, to, uh, to, uh, the strike price of $225. Anyways, uh, let's see. What do I want to talk about? I wanted to talk about something specific. New home sales. New home sales. Remember, we in my newsletter and on the radio, I'm sure I've been talking about it all through summer, that it seems like the home sales are weakening. Home sales of used, new, new construction. And it seems like they're weakening. And today we got some pretty strong evidence to show that it's definitely now in a downtrend. And these are the new home sales. New home sales for September. It was 553,000. That's the lowest since December 2016. 5.5% lower than in August. 13.2% lower than a year ago. New home sales. And this really badly missed consensus, which was over 600000 So the median selling price right now is 320000 That's 3.5% lower than a year ago. Prices are finally weakening. We didn't really see, we saw the in, in existing home sales, uh, the price was going, the price acceleration was going down, but not the actual price going down. Here in the new home sales, it went down 3.5% year over year. And they have about 7.1 months in supply. That's a six-year high. Remember, the builders were upbeat. Remember the builder sentiment last week I talked about? They were positive. But this number is telling us that their positivity, their positive attitude is wrong. That maybe that it's worse than we think. New home sales are weakening. Hmm. So, and... It's still pricey. That's not cheap, but 
you know, it's interesting that I think we, and I've mentioned this before, a month or so ago, I started talking about, well, I think we've seen the peak in real estate. And just, just more evidence that that's the case. Okay? <laughs> now, another point I want to make before the hour's up. Jesus, I may not have time. Uh, uh, how about, does the bad earnings tell us that the economy is going to slow down? And we haven't had bad earnings, by the way. We have not. They have been pretty decent. Not enough companies reported yet to make that determination. But would that, if the earnings, we had 3M and Caterpillar, their earnings weren't very good. Or, let me rephrase that. Their earnings were good, but their outlook wasn't. So, will that mean that we're going to have a economic slowdown? Not necessarily. It has happened. I'll give you some statistics. In the past, when earnings peaked for corporations, the economy always fallen within two years. <coughs> Excuse me. So the question is, has earnings peaked? Now, see, I think that that very well may have be the case. I think it very well, very well may be the case that we've seen the earnings beat this year. This year. So, remember, we're building data points as to when is the next recession coming. We're trying to build data points to try to determine that. And it's never an exact science. That's it for today, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and thank you for joining me on Invest Talk. And uh, I do really thank you for your loyal support on asking your questions. I really do. Podcast listeners, we'll be talking about my charts again on the podcast. That is a sponsor of ours. Uh, they give, you know, they we use them a lot. Data research, filtering, charting, all those kinds of things. Why charts? We use it every day, so you'll be hearing about it. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.